This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back into the podcast. Today we have Coach Mummy. He is the offensive coordinator at Colorado State. Coach, thanks for being here. I know we've been playing phone tag a little bit, but I truly appreciate you taking your time. Like I said, I'm a nobody coach in Illinois, so I appreciate you. Oh, everybody's somebody, and I appreciate you having me on. You know, this is it's always an honor to do these things, especially you know, when they come from different areas, you know, of the country, other than just riding Colorado or whatever school we're at. So I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you being patient with me while I was trying to work through figuring out what day it was going to be. No, because uh, I know you guys are so busy. That's why I'm like, I don't want to bother these guys and text them. But sometimes I just I just send a text. I'm like, hey, you know what? If they don't answer, they don't answer. It's not offensive. Because you got like, and it's like, Steve, you realize what time it is, right? It's August. They're getting ready to roll. And I'm like, yeah. So, but yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I know you guys. I think, I think it's fun because it kind of breaks – you know, all day we're working on schedules and rules and team meetings and what time is practice and, you know, when are we going to have dinner? When are we going to have lunch? And so it's nice to kind of do something different to break up the monotony a little bit. But, uh, no, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's other college coaches that are going to come on this week because I'm like, oh, you guys aren't going to start till next week? And they're like, oh, yeah, we get this week. Because a lot of colleges started this week. So I'm like, oh, this is why so-and-so never messaged me back or so-and-so. Because they started – I see all the videos. Um, so that's why they're like, I'll come on. I, I'm cramming them in these next three days. Like, you guys are so busy. Um, so how did you end up at Colorado State? Like, like what's the backstory? People know the mummy name, but I'm more personally interested in you. Like, how did, how did you get to Colorado State? Um, you know, let's go on that journey there a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, my path is – is long. This is, this will be my 21st season of college football and pretty simple. I mean, you know, I was at Nevada for the last five years with Jay and I was a small college head coach in Georgia for the four years before that. And he, he basically plucked me out of, you know, South of Atlanta and took me to Reno as the OC eventually became associate head coach. And, you know, we had a really good run at Nevada and, uh -huh. You know, a lot of people took notice of what we were doing. Our quarterback and our receivers were really tearing it up in the Mountain West. And and so Jay started getting some teams that were, you know, really interested in him. And, and you know, lo and behold, we kind of end up at Colorado State, which everybody probably finds weird for in the same conference as Nevada. But, man, Fort Collins has some amazing facilities. And, uh -huh. uh, you know, just hungry for – 
maybe possibly making a transition here with all this craziness that's going on in college football. So it, it makes it an interesting time for all of us, right? We're getting ready for a Mountain West schedule. We got Washington State up front. We're playing Colorado with Dion being down there. And, and uh, you know, amongst all this going on, you know, oh, who's going to the Big 12? Who's going to the uh-huh. Pac-12? Pac-12 going to be there, you know, so all this – all this craziness of conference realignment has, has definitely been, you know, high on everybody's radar. Yeah, because when Colorado left, I actually said that. I was like, is Colorado – obviously you don't know, but I was like, is Colorado State still going to play them because that's a rivalry? Like, it's just crazy how that keeps – you know, it's going to be the Big Ten, SEC, and Big 12 eventually. I don't even know. Like, are you guys all going to join for – like, it's crazy, and and nobody knows. And it's and it's bizarre to me because it's just like well, you know, and everybody's like, oh, all this stuff's going to happen over a two or three year period. And I don't, I feel like it's just going to jump. I feel mm-hmm. like everybody's going to run to whatever conference they can get in and start playing right away. I don't know if that's really what it's going to be. A, you know, oh, it's not going to start till twenty five, but it's a lot. It's the wild west, I guess per per se. Oh yeah, I I said that when it all started. I said that name, image, and likeness. Love it transfer portal and that stuff is just the wild wild west and i feel bad for you coaches because it's just added more to your guys's plate of this transfer portal and everything else because i don't trust the media on anything especially sports so when i talk to college coaches i get right from the horse's mouth i'm like and they're like man steve we're on campus more um i talked to a coach who had he got four linemen out of the portal he's like i've never been more exhausted of like if a kid leaves immediately trying to get them back and recruiting high school on top of it. Oh yeah. I mean, the, this last recruiting cycle, I mean, I usually you cover your area and then maybe you cover quarterbacks, but it's like, golly, I was in six, seven different States within a four week period. And it was just, <laughs> it, it was really crazy that the recruiting, the recruiting travel is taking off because you're going after a little bit of everything, right? The high mm-hmm. school guy, the portal guy, you know, so. Yeah, because, you know, and I think it's the windows and the timeline for you guys. Because talking to some of them, like, hey, we were good. And then all of a sudden we get to the spring or we get into the summer, boom, guy leaves. So I have to go find an experienced guy to bring him in because we got to replace it right now. And then talking to some coaches, if they come in, well, what if they're a junior? They know what they've played in. Then they come to a different place. <laughs> now you got to reteach them your things and it's gonna be muscle memory when stuff hits the fan they're gonna go back to what they know so now you got like more coaching on top of it which it's fine but you don't go into the season as smooth as you thought you were going to because now you have to re- you have to teach these guys what you do not what they were learning before right right i i agree and i you know and i think there's still you know the, like with coach norvell it's been great i mean it, i think there's still some beauty in recruiting just the high school mm-hmm. guy and and getting what you want and the guy, the young man that fits your identity and, and developing them and building them up, yeah. you know, now a lot of people are getting impatient and not trying to do that, but I still think there's a lot of merit to, to doing it. Right. Yeah. No, I, I love hearing every time I ask a, a coach on here, they say, we still recruit high school. Like that's never going to stop. That's never going to change. We still coach them up. So I'm glad that some are not abandoning it altogether. Like you hear people talk about all the time, like, well, they're going to abandon the high school kid. And I'm glad to hear coaches like, no, that's not true. We still are going to high schools. We're still reco- like catching up from the COVID stuff because guys are on their eighth year somehow. So we're still right. we're still getting through that. And so, 
because uh, like you said, there is a beauty in getting a kid in, redshirting him, coaching him, and then giving him four or five years, hopefully, and sticking around and building up for your your your, your offense or defense later on down the road. Like, hey, you got this kid young. He's, he's a junior now. He knows it. Plug him in. We're good to go. Right. Well, the loyalty factor there, right? The, re- the relationships built and those guys, you know, fall in love with your school for a reason, right? And mm-hmm. tend to be a little more loyal, you know. Now, I know every position is not easy and, and there's reasons for guys to get in the transfer portal. But, you know, just being able to have that relationship with these young men is, is a big deal. Uh-huh. Um. So when you guys got to Nevada, I think I heard you talk about this somewhere. They were running the pistol option stuff. So you guys got there. You had to kind of change it a little bit. What Did you completely overhaul change it? Or is there some things you kept? Like, okay, Nevada's a pistol team. Do we keep some of this? Yeah, so it was kind of a, it was kind of an interesting marriage because I was already, you know, when I was in New Mexico State with my dad in the, in the early 2000s, you know, we were playing against Coach Alt in Nevada and what they were, the Pistol and Kaepernick uh-huh. and all that stuff. So I eventually married up a little bit of the air raid with some Pistol stuff just really because the Pistol hit our, our protections up front. I was really trying to protect the line more than anything and uh-huh. our back our trying to, you know, fill up and block. And so we went, we rolled with that for three, four years at LaGrange College in Georgia. And then when Jay hired me, we rolled with it for really the whole time we were at Nevada, probably up to the last year. Uh-huh. So, so there was a little bit of carryover, but other than that, it was true air raid. I mean, we were throwing it, you know, 40, 50 times a game compared to where they were probably only throwing it 25 to 30. But, um, and we had a lot of good players. We recruited a lot of good, you know, young men that, got out of high school, came to us and played right away. You know, I mean, Carson Strong threw for a bunch of yards for us and Romeo Dubs, who plays for the Green Bay Packers now, you know, I think he was a fourth rounder, you know, tore up, you know, the Mountain West in receiving. Cole Turner, who was our tight ends now with Washington Commanders. I got to say the right. (laughs) (laughs) They might might change the name again. You see that? They might change it again. Kelly. Oh, (laughs) jeez. My buddy told me, I so, goes, they might change it. And I'm like, dang it, we just learned it. But, yeah. I, you know, I think I think the big thing, the beauty of what my dad created in Narrate is you're able to conform it to whatever group of players you have, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, you know, he started running this stuff in Texas high school football in the 80s, took it to Iowa Wesleyan College where Mike Leach jumped on board. And – they built a system that, that really can conform to whatever kind of team you inherit. Right. You know, and, and the, where it gets really dangerous is when you put the young men that fit your identity in the right places to be successful and these kids take ownership of it. That's when you start to see the big, the big years like air raid can have. Uh Yeah. I, in high school, we ran the power eye, uh, triple option stuff. So, like, the, the spread stuff was, like, forbidden. Like, if we got in it, it was because we weren't going to pass it because we were in a two-minute. So then I started coaching. That's all I knew. Started to broaden my horizons. Watched that Texas Tech game for Mike Leach in high school because I'm about to be 33, so I'm still young, but I feel old, but I'm young. 
watched that game and I said, if I coach, I want to learn that because this looks awesome. Like, you know, what, what was going on. So I read all the books, you know, about your dad and the air raid. I've dove into it and I've studied it. I've written it down. Never fully ran it, but at least I love it. Um, when you decide to coach because of your dad, did you have to run air raid? Did he tell you, like, if you coach, you have to run this because I can if you didn't run air raid, you couldn't come home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. It wasn't, no, it's not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's interesting because when I was young, he started doing it when I was probably in about the sixth grade. So I got a taste of it, you know, really early in life. And there really, to me, was just, there was nothing else. Uh-huh. Everything else out there was, was, you know, not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a part of it. I, you know, there's two years of my life I didn't run. I didn't run air raid, and that was my junior and senior year in high school. We ran the option, midline option, and I was miserable. Uh-huh. You know why you would want to, you know, run the ball down at a defensive end that's way bigger than you, and then pitch <laughs> the ball, you know, piss them off and pitch the ball out. So right. I just knew at an early age that I wanted to be in the air raid. So I knew I wanted to play for my dad. I knew eventually when I got into coaching, I wanted to be air raid. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be air raid. And I told coach Norvell in my interview, I said, if you don't want to do this, then I'm not your guy, you know, but here we are seven years later and you know, we're rolling. Yeah. Cause <clears throat> is there like a true air raid? Cause you, you hear that sometimes like they don't run the true air raid. And to me, I'm like, so, like, I guess that's my question. Like, is there a true air raid, or is it, hey, this is the air raid, but we can make tweaks because you obviously tag different routes to what they're doing. Like, Mike Leach was big on that. You could tell it was mesh, but he tagged something else, and there's no playbook. So it's like, you're not running the true air raid. And I go, well, what's the true air raid? There's no playbook. There's no, I mean, what do you mean? No, it goes back to what I was saying a little earlier. I mean, it it's conforms. It adjusts however you need it to adjust. I mean, you know, I, I think when you look at people that are running air raid, they're running all the pass game concepts, you know? Yeah. Are they tweaking their run game to whatever they want? They're tweaking it to fit who their players are. Right. So to sit there and call them not true air raid, I mean, that doesn't mean they're not true air raid. I mean, it right. just means they're tweaking, they're tweaking stuff to work for their guys. I mean, that that's the beauty of the system, you know? And, and what I think most people out there don't realize is, Air raid's really more than X's and O's. It's about the way we plan and about the way we practice that really makes us famous. I mean, these these concepts in the passing game have been around for a long time. And my dad started taking them from, you know, Lavelle Edwards and the BYU teams in, mm-hmm. the, in the early 80s and mid 80s when they were having so much success. So I think it's, you know, people that say that are probably confused on what it really mm-hmm. what it really is. Right, right. Because Lincoln <clears throat> Riley's big, you know, and like he runs air raid concepts. Now he's going to run the ball and do GT stuff. He's going to, you know, mold it. But there's still those. He's big, you know. If you actually look at it, he runs mesh and shallow and all that stuff. But he tweaks it. He'll obviously do things that he game planned for, and you know. And I found it when I studied it. And you could correct me. It's a lot. It's very quarterback friendly, like you said. It gives them reads. It gives them. To, to, to get your receivers open, it allows receivers to kind of play basketball. Like, why would I run a route like old school? Like, hey, run a six route, and you run right at this guy. Why? 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 Why would you run right at him when the when you're open to your left? 
You know, like it's very quarterback wide receiver friendly to get space. It's a, it's a extremely player friendly. And to give you a little backstory, so when dad's first year at Kentucky coaching there, Rick Patino was the basketball coach and he came to practice in an Armani suit and all dressed up and walks out there and he looks at my dad and he's like, hey, you know what? This is just basketball on grass. That's all yeah. it is. Just break basketball on grass. So yeah, I mean, really extremely player friendly. And, and that's what I was saying earlier is like, if your players take ownership of it and believe in it, that's when it's really powerful. Right. And you might know him, Coach Patrick Taylor. He knows your dad, I think. And I had him on here like two years ago, and he went and watched your dad at Kentucky do it. You might have even been playing, I think. I can't even remember. And then he's like, I went to Mike Leach's practice at Washington State, and I said, well, what was something you took away from both? And he's like, I, I saw what Coach Mummy did at Kentucky and what they were doing. Then I went and watched Mike Leach. I called my assistant, rip up our practice plans. We're not simple enough. Like watching this, we are not simple enough. Our practices are too long. We're not simple. This like redo everything, and so it's like you guys are so simple. And when I study it, I'm like, wow. Like if you just do this every day, you're gonna be good at it. Like you don't need all these plays, you know. And they, and and you're running the same routes in a lot of the plays anyway. So they're not relearning really a lot of things. You're just molding them together. All about repetition. The more they do it, the better they're gonna get. Right. And right. I think. It's really easy for coaches nowadays to turn on film, turn on games they're breaking down for their next opponent. Oh, I like that. I like this. I love how they did that way. You know, and it's like, so trying to curb, you know, wanting to put more in is very, very difficult for coaches. Right. Very difficult for coaches. And so – what you look at what my dad and, and Mike Leach did was they were able to keep it so simplistic. I mean, when I worked for my dad, it was, Hey dad, you know, and I would do it and I'm his son and I knew better. You know, like, <laughs> this looks good. Let's put it in. All right. What do you want to take out? Well, I don't want to take anything out. Okay. Well, we're not going to do that. So, right. you know, thing with Mike, I mean, everybody would put their ideas up on the board. I hear all the stories in the, you know, their meeting rooms and he'd erase them all and you'd end up just what he, you mm-hmm. know, what he came I mean, it's just the idea of really keeping it simplistic so that your players can be successful in doing it. Um, When you switched to pistol, did that disrupt anything from the running back on a swing route, or or did that really matter? Because we're going to pistol, and that's kind of what we're dealing with is I actually like it from the pass protection standpoint, like you said, like I'm loving it right now. But then they were like, how, how does it work on a swing route? Do they have to take a longer route or anything else? And I'm like, no, not really. I mean, it'd be no different if they're right next to them just to go. Like, Well, speed matters, right? The right. faster the guy, you have to worry about it. Um, <clears throat> you know, we would, we would jump and leap guys out of the backfield and on quick game. And, you know, and, and really all the drop back stuff, they're just dropping back and they're, protect, they're, they're checking anyway. So. Right. It um it fit its purpose for what we needed for for the time frame that we did it. Yeah, because we're dealing with that right now. And um, did you 
as it's gone on, have you adapted to saying like, because I know air raid guys are like, you can't run the ball. Like, have you adapted and say, yo, I can still run the ball. Like, that's not a question. Like, I know we're going to throw it, but I can still run it. Yeah. I mean, people that say, you know, they're like, oh, you can't, you know, if you're a running back in an air raid system, you're never going to get the ball back. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> not true. You get the ball more than any other guy. I mean, because you're still going to get your carries. So, we're, A, we're still going to run the ball. Right. You know, we're going to run schemes that fit our running backs. They're going to catch the ball by the backfield and be great blockers. So they're more they're more versatile than running backs that just get the ball in their hands on a run play every down. So you want to go to the NFL, you better be able to do all three. You know, so I think I think the games become more that people realize like, oh, okay, well, you know, Lincoln Riley runs it thirty times a game. You know, Coach Norvell and Matt Mummy are running it thirty times a game. I mean, that's. You know, it's not factual when people make those comments. Well, I had uh, Coach Mealy on <laughs> on here, and he was telling me how he coached running backs, you know, for for Coach Leach and stuff. So I was like, I, when that audio comes out, people can listen to it. I actually say, on there, I'm going to ask you a bad joke right now. Was it boring coaching running backs in the area because they don't <laughs> run the ball? And he told me the same thing. He's like, no, like if they drop the ball, I was getting yelled at because they have to be able to catch the ball. They have to be able to do screens. And when the quarterback does check to a run play, they better know what they're doing and they better get something. He, so he's like, no, it was actually a lot of work. It was the same. Yeah, it's the same. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're big, you know, I'm big with my quarterbacks. Like, Hey, you know, when you get a good run box, it is way easier on your life. If you check a good run, right. <laughs> you know, they yeah. don't don't sit here and they're going to drop eight defenders into our passing lanes and try to sit there and hold the ball and let's play O line versus D line kind of matchup. No, right? Just hand the ball. So, yeah, guys, I play play smarter, not harder. Come on now, just hand the ball off. Right. Just 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 let them go. Well, that was Coach Taylor. He runs air raid in high school, and uh, he goes, Steve. This would have been 2021. He's like, Steve, last year I had 2,000 yards rushing. My running, like, we ran the ball for 2,000 some yards. And I go, But you're an air raid coach. He goes, I know, right? He's like, It's a five man box. You think I'm dumb? I'm going to hand the ball off. Right. Right. And he, yeah, I think our second year in Nevada, we threw for 3,400 yards and rushed for almost 2,000. That's the first time in my career that I've done that. So that was pretty cool. But I mean, again, they just give it to you. You right. know, I mean, they're just like, okay, well, let's drop eight and make them hand the ball off. All right, well, let's hand the ball off. Yeah, so when people say you just throw it every single time, well, that's not true because you're going to have to run. Like, you're not dumb. Like, if there's just five, four guys, I mean, if you're that dumb, you yeah, you're not going to last very long coaching if you don't, don't if you're not going to. No doubt. <laughs> well, no doubt. That's why I like talking to other coaches around the country because what was my perception of air raid? They're going to throw it every single time, and it's very complex. Then when I actually read books and talked to people and studied, I'm like, wait a minute. It is basketball on grass. It is. You can still run the ball. And people are like, no, no, no. You're going to – I'm considered an air raid guy just because I love it. They're like, well, you're the air raid guy. I'm like, no, I still want to run the football. I'm the run game coordinator for God's sakes. Like, <laughs> I want to run the ball. Like, come on now. Because then when they compact the box, ding, 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 here we go. Like, well, that's why Army changed their whole offense. They're not – that's a great talk I had with him. They're going to power spread. Like he's like, we're going to throw oh, the ball. Wow. Yeah. They, and he's not afraid. I said, you, you don't have to talk about this. He goes, no, it helps me recruiting. So I am going to talk about it. And I'm like, okay. 
yeah, it's changing the interpretation of what people think it is, right? So, well, the funny part was he goes, Steve, people that have told you like that are mad that we're not going to run option anymore. He goes, have they actually watched us play for four years? The last four years, he goes, we haven't ran triple op, true triple option in four or five years. He's like, we can't cut, we can't do this. We were doing zone dive. We were actually throwing the ball a little bit. Like we, this is not just a, we're going to power spread. He goes, we've right migrated right so well the the rule i mean let's i mean let's the rules are changing the game i mean i you know personally from a college coach standpoint i mean we're not the nfl let's not try to be the nfl like i get it now we're paying players and stuff like that but you know now we're gonna now you know now we're not you know the clock's not going to stop on first downs you know they've changed all the cutting rules so i mean they're changing stuff that's going to change the college game yeah. in a way that's, I think the fans are going to start missing stuff, you know, and we were talking about today in a staff meeting is, you know, you're not going to see teams come from behind 21 points in the fourth quarter to win the game. Yeah. You know, as the clock's going to continue to run, there's going to be less possessions. The games are going to be shorter. You know, the scores are going to be lower. So, I mean, these are all things that are going to affect the entertainment value of what we do. You right. Know, so how much pressure I put on you? Cause I, as an offense coordinator, you know, you game plan for that. Like, okay, we get a first down, the clock stops. I can do this as a play caller. Well, now, like you said, it's not going to stop. So like, well, I promise you we're looking, you know, we're looking at it. I mean, we're, you know, we're constantly talking about it. We're constantly talking about, okay, how many possessions in a game are we going to get? You know, we play air force, on our side on a yearly basis and they do a tremendous job down there. Coach Calhoun's an amazing coach. Uh-huh. And if you get eight opportunities to get on the field against them, you're lucky, you know? Right. And so you got to make, you got to make every opportunity count. So to answer your question, yeah, I mean, we, we got to look at a lot of different angles now. Well, it's not just more pressure on you guys. I, I look at it from a coach's standpoint when they keep changing things and like, Obviously, you're going to find the positivity and just roll with it. Like, hey, we got to roll with it. We got to adapt. But I feel you. I, I'm a coach, so I feel for you guys of like, this is just more that you don't have, you shouldn't have to worry about. You know, like just year after year, something changes. And I don't want to get too deep into it because we all know why they changed the rules, but that's here or there. But like, I, you know, you guys earn your money. That's for sure. I tell people, like, you could complain about what college coaches make, you guys earn it with all these changes, it's, I feel for you guys a little bit. Um, oh, I had another d- dumb dad question and I totally forgot it. Um, anyway. Um, so like with that, are, like, are you guys up tempo or is it just how fast you get to play in? Like if it's just, you already know what it is. I think, yeah, you know, we're going to try and play fast at times. I mean, it just, but you know, we're going to be who we are. I mean, right. it's not really nothing's going to change. I think I don't know that the rules affect us as much as probably what we're talking about. Cause we, we already, you know, we pretty much know huddle anyway. So I mean, mm-hmm. there's not that element to it. Um, but I do, you know, I do know what the analytics are saying. The analytics are saying, you know, four or five less plays yeah. on offense. It's a game is what they're talking about. So to just cast it aside and not talk about it, you know, is probably wrong. Uh-huh. So I mean, at least we're we're preparing ourselves for it. I guess is the is the right response. Yeah, um, 
how well did your kids pick up on this stuff? Because it's year two. Did they pick up on stuff pretty well and adapted to it? And, you know, how confident do they feel in year two of you guys being there? Yeah, I mean, once, you know, of course, we lost a lot of guys last year. And, and so it it was nice to get a group of our guys that we recruited in. And spring was spring was nice and refreshing because it was, you know, our guys were like bouncing around. They knew what to do. They understood it, you know. And so when you see them doing that, it, it's it's a lot of fun. So, I mean, I, so I've been telling everybody all year, year twos are always better. So Yeah, yeah. Um, cause I'm an Illinois fan. That was the thing with Brent Bielema. Year two was way better than it was his first year. Now he's going into the third year and we're going to see what happens. You know, he's I, done a great job. He's done a really good job. Yeah. He was not on my radar for hiring. I did not even think about coach Bielema, you know, cause he was with the giants, I think. And then they hired him and I go, wait a minute. Is that the guy at Wisconsin that used to beat us down all the time while he was up there? Like, and <clears throat> The way he's adapted too, because it's all about adapting. You know, he was power run, power eye. Now they're spreading out, but he'll still run the ball. Like, I think you have to do that. You have to adapt. You know, but well, I mean, you look at all the change in football. I mean, you know, Coach Luongo is a good friend of mine, and he's up at Wisconsin now with Coach Fickle. I mean, what a what a duo that's going to be mm-hmm. up there, Wisconsin, and to sit here and think like, holy cow, Wisconsin's could possibly be air raidish. I guess. <laughs> That's that just shows you football's changing. Yeah, you know, and well, Wisconsin's air raid and Army's going to be in shotgun every play. Like, what are we? What's happening? <laughs> you know, uh, well, and he told me he's like Steve. You know, my recruits we took from Navy a lot because we're doing like they just. He goes within changing offenses, ten kids transfer in. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. He goes, see, yeah. like, and he goes, well, then he he told me a funny story. He goes, Steve. Did you ever watch Tim Tebow in Florida? And I was like, yes, I, I loved it. He goes, did you know what offense they ran? I said it was wing T just in shotgun form. And he, he's like, yeah. He goes, so I'm recruiting. And I told these guys, I was like, hey, are you a fan of Tim Tebow in Florida? Like, you're, you're going to see some of that. And the kids looked at him and said, who's Tim Tebow? And he was like, you, wait, what? <laughs> he's like, are we that old? Because he's 40 and I'm going to be 33. And he, I'm like, he's like, Steve, are we old? And I was like, we might be old if they don't know that. Yeah, I'm 48. I mean, the old actor is starting to kick in. I'm 48, and I'm like, okay, guys don't even know the movies I used to watch. The, you know, Chris Farley movie. I mean, like, oh. like who is that? Like, you know, geez. Oh, I love those movies. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, they don't know that. Uh, in school, we'll put on uh, talk about an old movie, and they go, what's that? Oh, like, you guys got to be kidding me. You don't it know. Cru- it cru- you. It's like, it crushes like, you don't know what Tommy Boy is? Like, oh, my gosh. Well, I guess we're going to have to move on to a different conversation. Yeah, you don't know what Tommy Boy is. You don't know, you know, some don't even – I'm like, you guys don't know what comedy is, so don't even get me started. Right, right, right. You know, they don't make movies like they – yeah. Or when they came out with the Razor again, those phones, and they're like, oh, my God, these are awesome. And I went – No, they weren't. <laughs> I'm like – or the flip phone, Samsung phones that are now flipping open. They think it's awesome. Like, guys, you realize that's what we had, but there was no camera. Like, and you had to work hard to text. And they're like, what do you mean? And they don't know what that is. I'm like, oh, okay. Did you know what AOL dial-up was? And they're like, no. Well, I'll age myself because we had the conversation in the spring. I'm 48. So I was like, 
I told them, I was like, guys, we didn't, I didn't have a cell phone in college. And they're like, what? <laughs> you didn't have a cell phone in college? They were like, what'd you do? <laughs> I was like, we communicated with each other. You know, we said, hey, I'll meet you here at so-and-so time, you know? But I do it's not- funny what they don't understand. No, all of our calendars are on Google Classroom and stuff like that. And then we have our mind messages they can do. And I was like, guys, when I was in school, they gave you a piece of paper with the calendar and said, you better be here this time, this time, this time. There was no calling the coach. And you better figure out your ride and all that stuff. And they're, you know, I'm like, you guys just don't understand because they're always like, well, what time's practice tomorrow? I'm like, check Google Classroom, check your Google Drive. What? And I'm like, guys, how would you have survived? Do you know what a landline is? I grew up on the spin phone. Like we had to, I, my parents had that. We had to work hard for it. And I'm like, you're right. And I'm only 30, going to be 33. And I feel de- devastated. I'm like, time has changed. Like we were just talking about changing college football. Life has changed so much rapidly. Oh, yeah, so much. Like Zoom. I didn't know what this was until COVID. I was like, what's Zoom? I didn't know what it was. Oh, yeah, Zoom life, boy, for that whole year. Holy cow. How many Zoom meetings did we do in 2020? Please. That's why when I do this, people are like, oh, I got to get on Zoom again for you to talk to you. I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm so sorry, guys. You have to get on Zoom to do this. And I was like, but it helps me stay fresh. It helps me remember how to use it because I forgot how to use it. But no, I, I still think it's a good thing. I, I think you, it taught us something, right? Right. Another, another way to communicate, you know. I was going to say, what pos- did you take anything positive from COVID <laughs> like that time? Like Zoom I took, like this type of stuff, put it on. You don't have to meet as long. Was there anything positive you took from that crazy time we were in? I think it was an you know it was an interesting time. I mean, interesting and scary, but the time with family, you know, the time I have with my wife, you know, she, the support she gives me to do the job that I do, and knowing you know starting tomorrow that I'm working seventy hour weeks and I'm not going to see her that much, you know. I mean, so, so yes, I mean to have that happen and be like okay you know we got a lot of time to just you know spend with each other was was good and again you know like zoom another neat way to communicate with people i mean so i think it opened people's doors to talking to family on zooms or mm-hmm. friends you know friends you haven't seen in a long time and so anyway it's kind of a rabbit hole but oh that's i i still jumped on that rabbit hole because i was coaching <clears throat> football track and baseball or uh, track football and basketball and they crammed all the sports between January and June in that spring. Like you have to do all three within that time frame. I, and then yeah, like four weeks, like here's four weeks for this season, four weeks for the next. I mean, like, yeah, it started and it started sometime in mid January. They said, Hey, Illinois went into like regions. They said, if this region meets this, then you can start basketball. And then football will start in March, but there's a two-week overlap. So basketball still going on while football practice starts and all this other stuff. And I don't know if you've been in Illinois in March. It's not friendly for football because there's snow, there's this. It's not, you know, we're, we're, we're cold. And it, I'm like, this is dumb. We had to practice at night because of the restrictions. It was 25 degrees, 30 degrees. Oh, okay. I feel your pain with the cold weather we have it here in Colorado. I mean, spring, you know, first day of spring practice, 12 inches of snow. I'm like, well, we really can't call it spring practice anymore, can we? Is this just yeah. an extension? Here? But Yeah, winter ball. That's what it's called. <clears throat> Jesus. Right. Could you guys even go outside? Or did you just have to? 
Oh, we went outside. We just cleared the field, and oh. you know, and we go somewhere. We need it. you know. I mean, that's you live in the north. That's just you tough it out. And everybody's like, "What do you do? Don't you have a night nice, really nice indoor you use?" We do have an indoor, but it's not a full field, so it's yeah. not conducive to a whole team being on it at the same time. But right, yeah, we we put jackets on and gloves, and we go to work. That's what we did. We were we couldn't go to our field house because somebody else was in there, and they're like, "Hey, go outside," and we're like, "It's thirty degrees." Yeah, go outside. Okay, here we go. The wind was so bad; it was blowing off all the agility bags and the cones and stuff because it's windy in the spring. Oh, and then you got into track, and then June hit. And they said go back to normal. They said go back to normal. So when June hit. Guess what? Coaches did. All right, we're gonna do basketball. We're gonna do football. So we and then football started right back up in the fall. So we played two seasons. Back to normal. Oh, yeah. I was calling football plays during basketball and basketball plays during football. And then we played again in the fall. And I'm like, guys, it's Groundhog Day. I feel like we haven't stopped. And we were everybody was so burnt out that fall of football. We were we were like somebody goes, This is what college coaches feel like, kind of. I'm like, oh, I guess. Because we did nothing but football for that whole year. I was like, oh, okay. Because we had six games and then went back to our nine games. So we played ten games that year. Or yeah, a lot of games. Or fifteen <clears throat> games, I can't count. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. That's my rabbit hole. Inevitably, the kids want to play, you know. So, I mean, you know, I think, you know, there, I mean, a lot of issues did come out of it. But I think, you know, from what it seems like, most most players weathered it pretty well, even though it was a very hard time for them, you know, being stuck in rooms, being maybe some loneliness in there. But but not, you know, they, they love the game. They want to play uh-huh. the game. And so – when they were allowed to be on the field, that was a big deal. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the small schools hurt in Illinois a little bit because when those overlaps, they, they couldn't field the the teams. But schools in the suburbs could – we weathered it. And, you know, but, yeah, it was a lot. And I got COVID the first day. They said you could go to basketball practice. I didn't feel right, got tested. And they were like, oh, you got COVID. I'm like, oh, good thing I didn't go to practice because I would have shut it down the first day. Oh, oh. Um, well, coach, I know I've probably reached my time limit. Um, I appreciate you being on here. Um, Heck yeah. cause you're the man. I was like, I got, I want to talk to coach mommy so bad. I was like this, I love talking to air rates. So I got to talk to him. So uh, you're the guy and I appreciate you. Well, do you have any other questions? I know we kind of touched on when we went some weird ways with that, but it, I mean, you know, I love what I do. I'm always excited to talk about it. My dad was always, always really big into sharing. Uh-huh. And he, he did, I watched him for his entire career, open the door to anybody that wanted to come in and talk about air raiding and the names and the people that walked through his door were impressive. And, you know, that's why I think in college and even in the NFL now, I mean, what he's done and what Mike Leach have done has, has touched a lot of programs. You know, they might not be air raid programs, but there's pieces of it there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. Um, I just know you have a time limit. I, like I said, I could go for hours because, <laughs> you know, talking to air raid coaches. Cause I'm like, you know, how do you tag your mesh? Like, what's this? I learn. I, I remember learning mesh. I'm like, Oh, you look at the mesh first, right? They're like, no, you look at the outside receiver dummy. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> my bad. You know, but then what happens when they guard it? Well, then you call shallow. Okay. Well, if they guard this and it was just an answer for everything. And then they were, right. and most tags were just a post route or something. And I'm like, Oh, and then 
they were talking about your dad and like, oh, he does choice routes now on mesh. Like that's how he adapted and stuff like that. And, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. That's too complicated. You know, again, it's just the ability to allow yourself to be able to adjust and where it, where it really works out good for you is because you can adjust quickly in a game situation. Right. You don't have to have a whole nother play for, you know, mesh post like you did if you had mesh corner on, right? Like, yeah. It's like you said, it's just a tag. Yeah. We don't have to change the whole play play call or the concept to make one guy's job change. Right. You know, and that the ability to do that is what can make teams really successful. Well, I'm sorry. I said I was going to stop, but I have to say this. Like when I was looking at quick game, it looked like double slants, you know, it, it was stick like double slants, a hitch and the outside vert and, and whatever. Well, then corner, well, there were still double slants on the backside. So it was like, hey, now they're just running like a smash concept or that whatever, and everything is still the same. It's still reading the outside, the apex defender out there. And I'm like, because yeah. I'm stupid simple. So I saw that and I went, that's speaking my language because like it's it it looks completely different. And then you get into the trips and then you get an empty and then you can still run the same thing. It's just one guy does something different. And I'm like, Okay, you're speaking my languages now, guys. Like this is real simple, and and okay, well, well, then what do you tag? I'm like, well, I would tag a corner, which they already know how to run. Maybe I'll tag a post corner because they run scissors on that backside, like, and they already know the route. You're not teaching them; they're just like, hey, run this. Right, right. Or they said Mike Leach didn't do RPOs. His RPO was the quarterback checking the play. That was his RP way. <laughs> right. Hey, it's a five man box. Let's run the ball. Yeah. Or. So- or they took away the play call he had, and he goes, but this other quick game or whatever is open. Well, let me check to this and do it. Right, right. It's definitely a mentality, and, you know, some people can do it. Some people can't. I mean, it's, you know. A-Raid's not soft. Your dad's shirt. No, no, no. A-Raid's not soft. I thought we got past that. Well, I was thinking about COVID. COVID, did you see on Twitter the, the wing T versus air raid stuff? It was the best. So I love yeah. air raid soft. You're softer than this. You're softer than this. And I would come on there and I'd be like, I don't I can't remember even what I said. And then that happened and he had that shirt. And I was like, this is awesome. I love this. Well, he ran with that one for sure for a while. So it was pretty good. Does he still help you out and stuff? Like, do you still oh, go we to talk him? a ton. Yeah, I mean, we talk a ton. You know, every every night after a game, I call him. You know, what what'd you think? You know, where can we be better? Do we do too much? You know, I mean, so he he loves giving input. Not you know, not so much where it drives you crazy, but it's it's you know, I love him, and I've been very fortunate to grow up watching all that succeed in this game and. You know, he just – the thing that he always brought it back to was knowing what he wanted to do mm-hmm. and making it all about the players. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, and, and Thanksgiving's got to be fun too. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Coach, yeah. I, again, I, I reached my time limit, but I appreciate you. You're the man. Uh, hope I could talk to you after your season, but good luck. Yeah. On, good luck with the season though. I'll be wa- – I'm a fan of coaches, so I have to watch every team I've, of coaches I've talked to. That's almost every team in the freaking country, but I got to watch them. Well, check us out. We're going to be late at night a lot this year, so I think we've got a lot of TV games. But I appreciate your time, and I wish you the best of luck this year too. And 
hopefully we can catch up in the spring. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. See you, Steve.